What's up everybody? This is Alex Kelly here with another episode of the Furloughed Film Talks podcast with Ryan. We You can say my name, then I'll be like, hey, what's up? Nah, it's awkward when I say my own name. I like when you say it. It sounds really strange. Yeah, whatever. So we are back here on a furloughed film talks Thursday with a new episode where we're gonna preview our little trip down to up to your little trip my trip up to bend oregon to see the last blockbuster and we'll talk some amc and then we'll do a pair of reviews one apple tv plus documentary called boy state comes out on friday it is spectacular and circle back on that splendid and then we will do a review of a movie called Waiting for the Barbarians, which I think you can buy on Amazon, which is what we yes. did. Yep. So we'll talk about that at the end. It has one of the dudes from Dunkirk and Johnny Depp is in it. So And Robert Pattinson. And Robert Pattinson is in it. What are we going to do? Let's ask Hagrid for help. Don't be ridiculous, Hermione. We need to confront the terrible horror ourselves and potentially end up hospitalized like always. All right, just finish. I kept forgetting that he was in it. Speaking of Robert Pattinson, Tenet! We have our patented Tenet talk. We have more Tenet talk, which just is basically saying the UK is selling out the shit of all the theaters of Tenet. Well, apparently the UK is like back to normal. Remember they had like that. Those lucky bastards. Did you see the the, uh, end of COVID lockdown party they had? Like, they were dragging people out of bars in, like, through the streets because it's, like, people just gone crazy. And I guess we're going to have to get our a, a new correspondent. We'll have to make Will Harry Ball our British we correspondent. We should have made him our, his, our correspondent when I that will, was going down. I will hit him up and, and find out how crazy he was getting out in these Hopefully end he was of smart quarantine. and he wasn't at an end of quarantine. When was this? I, I have not heard Fuck, about this. This is, like, a month, month and a half ago now. It was a while. Wow, seriously? Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, they let up, like, a few weeks after... It's probably, like, end of June, I guess. So people were just, like, going to bars and getting fucked up. There was, like... There was a set date where they were, like, this is when quarantine ends. This is when all the bars open. They made it a Saturday. And so... They made it a Saturday? It was a fucking national event. Oh, my God. Like, everyone left quarantine and went to the bars and partied. It was a fucking mayhem. How did I not I didn't know how you missed this. I don't know like, how I didn't hear about this. I'm yeah. definitely going to have to hit up Harry later. We got to be close to being done with this, right? Like, no, we, we are nowhere near. Bro, I mean... They've canceled football, for God's sake. They've taken the one thing we as Texans The, the colored map said we were steady. As far as I know... That's, that's, not, that's say, not declining, though. That's like, we're still ripe for another spike. Or... Yeah decrease i know i'm just saying but you know. if you like what if you let it up too soon then it's like what what up too soon like everyone's acting normal i don't know i can't really say much because i'm driving up to bend oregon of all places I mean, like are the here's bars the thing. Here's open the thing. in dallas no no bar in texas is open here's the thing that i want to get out real fast and probably nobody who actually gives a shit is going to hear this so i really don't care but if for like one person who's like, hey, don't come to You Bend don't or- respond to comments, man. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm going to be smart about like what we're doing. And I understand that like there's some worry and stuff. But like I'm going to try and do everything I can to be smart on this trip. Okay. But I can't just like, I just got, we're going to do this. We're going to be very safe about it. We're not going to take unnecessary risks. Some would say that just doing this trip is an unnecessary risk. I mean, you're trying to stay in an Airbnb inside of a blockbuster. That doesn't sound... Yeah, but, like, (laughs) 
there is you're, you're there literally is trying idea. to live in an area that people go in and touch things they'll and all day it. oh they're gonna sanitize be fine okay but i'm just saying like how clean you remember how clean the blockbusters were back in the day <laughs> my memory of blockbuster is like their they're future being... of the store didn't count on it like I us saying that they didn't sanitize the Airbnb remember blockbuster. in college going to Blockbuster with my then girlfriend. Cool side story: she had to walk the dog with a, with her underwear because she didn't have a leash for some reason. But then I my girlfriend is walking the dog with her underwear wrapped around the dog's neck. I walk inside and there's a fucking dude getting arrested because he had passed out in one of the aisles at Blockbuster. Oh. Yeah. All right. So Blockbuster didn't doesn't exactly like you know stir memories of fucking you know the Ritz Carlton or anything. I'm just saying it's the last one, and there's not going to be a whole lot of time left, and there's definitely not going to be a whole lot of time that we're going to have to just go do this, or I'm going to have to go do with my friend Dakota. Right. This is a very spe- every summer. Like- well, no, but like Dakota will probably be taking summer classes, or he'll be working as an accountant. Like you'll be working stuff. I'm going to be the only one who has like. A whole two months off mm-hmm. like there's gonna be very rare times where they overlap so it's like we're gonna do it we're gonna be smart and we're gonna have a great time out in bend oregon yeah, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a blast but let's talk amc real fast wait did we cover the tenant thing we, i don't know if we covered it or not what did you <laughs> want to say about tenant well what i just was over- there news no, they just put out oh, some posters. Just, they the put posters, out, yeah, they put the out UK posters. Ticket sales. Yeah, okay. And they like have started to show it to some preview screeners in Australia. Bro, get us. Let's what? What are you talking about? <laughs> the shit. We're not in Australia. What are you literally? Get an Australian VPN. Email whoever at Warner Brothers. I'm not. It's okay. not I mean, it's not rocket science. Like, I've never you've been seen in Mr. Cons- Robot. You know how these things work. <laughs> We are uh, <laughs> we're furloughed film talks, mate. <laughs> oi, <laughs> oi, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. AMC. Not, I'm not doing that. Okay. Uh, yeah, AMC time because this also kind of ties back into Tenant because it's like, hey, what's the one theater we're definitely not going to go to? Any of them because the number are open. AMC to okay. see Tenant. I meant like which theater are we going to go see Tenant in? It's sure as shit not going to fucking be. not AMC. Not an AMC. But they had an interesting comment from their, I think it was their CFO, just basically said, nice. He did not say just nice. He just basically said, um, because we are going to have to spend so much money on Mm -hmm. cleaning costs for our theaters when we reopen, we're just going to pass those costs on to the consumer. Which is a really odd thing for a business to say when they almost went bankrupt and they're still not open and one of the largest movies of probably the next like five years is about to come out and they're like yeah we're gonna make our tickets more expensive come to our theater please so how did this the fuck are they talking this came about? out of like an investor meeting right so it was in a uh a quarterly you know they do the the um shareholder meetings every quarter to talk yes, about the yeah. quarterly release sure it's a quarterly release He's talking about everything and he's talking about the future and somebody probably asked him about like reopening theaters and he was just like yeah we're gonna have to okay. like spend more money so tickets are gonna be more expensive which from like a business perspective makes sense dude his sales and marketing team get his it heads were rolling on the floor exactly at, when they heard he said that i mean to fucking that that i mean is not surprising like they were on the brink of bankruptcy 
like d- to exactly have, to have the like fucking nominal business sense to not realize like hey my theater's in trouble let's not piss off the people we really want to come back to the theaters and yeah. oh by the way are probably scared shitless to go back to a theater yeah. right now i mean you're gonna have to do some heavy convincing to get people's asses into a movie theater don't make it fucking harder by talking about how the tickets are gonna be more expensive and the food's gonna be more expensive and the drinks are gonna be like what are you doing like and and it's not (laughs) even something where like and here's why because i don't think like these guys are trained how to dodge these fucking because this is what happens on an investor call right they go through the results and they open up for questions and fucking analysts at the banks and investment firms ask questions and they're like they are trained by their investor relations people to yeah. be like dodge the fucking questions don't answer directly like answer like a politician you know yeah like you don't give out this fucking information in a fucking like quarterly release call but not only that just like so dumb dude i think it's one of those things where they like legitimately just don't think like a lot of people will hear about this this is one of the things no no no. this is one of the things as soon as he said it he was like fuck like no but like i legitimately think like he probably went to his office and got like a couple emails from people or like he called up the ceo or like he talked to if he was a ceo talked to a couple people and was just like yeah like a ton of people are not going to hear about this like it's going to be fine like like it, it hasn't blown up and it probably will not blow up but like no i bet this is more like spur of the moment because no no, no i'm saying blow up in the media no like, I mean, there's like, not a lot of people talking about it right now i know but I, i'm saying i don't think he ran it by anybody before oh he said sure it. as shit no no, no he yeah, did yeah. not say that to anybody beforehand i'm just saying like i bet he wasn't oh worried. as 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 an excuse yeah. he was just saying like it's yeah, not this a big gonna deal. blow up it's, not, it's fine yeah like it's fine nobody's sure. gonna hear about this and it's just like for people who like us who are hearing it, well, guess like, what, motherfuckers? We fucking heard about it. We're talking about it because I could fuck let you fuck the little man. It's ridiculous, man. Like, Ainsley's you really gonna let a family of five show up to the theater and then all of a sudden their night is like fifteen dollars more expensive? First, you completely Come change. On. You completely change the landscape with your deal with Universal, which like other studios yeah. and other theaters have already said like they're not cool with. Like, we're not going to be doing this like right now. So it's like, okay, you guys kind of swung on that one as of now and then this shit comes out and it's like (laughs) i legitimately don't know what the hell is going through your mind while you're talking on this phone it just doesn't make sense it's really dumb that's our take on stockholder meetings yeah yeah it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense and i think it's gonna be interesting to see kind of fire your ceo just get rid of that guy it's probably a good idea. Yeah. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens when they reopen, whenever they do reopen, if they reopen, whenever New Mutants comes out August 28th. I, they have to be open by then, right? Like, Oh, yeah. If they, they want to all... be open for Tenet, they have to be open <laughs> by at least the 28th to prepare to open anything the weekend of the 4th. They have to be open for the New Mutants. And then whatever is basically open, <laughs> maybe add like 10% for the next weekend right like that's yeah. what i think the max is gonna be so and they have what like 10 15 thousand theaters something like that amc yeah ain't not that many no, no there's only like thousand there's on there's like six thousand uh in the united states theaters th- like ev- everywhere like all brands oh really yeah oh, okay they own i think a third of that 
So that's AMC. I don't remember how much. So it's like two, somewhere. Yeah, it's like fifteen hundred to two thousand. Okay. Because um, I was reading an article today, and I think it was about this, where they said like sixteen hundred, uh, or it was in the thousand theaters are open right now, and there are six thousand in the nation. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, it'll be I interesting mean... to see like what's open because, and they're also counting like Cinemark West Plano is technically open, but it's only open on like the weekends. Same with like Cinemark Legacy. Yeah, that's where they can kind of get you with like, oh, it's open, but it's only open like three days. Right. So like the days that are going to be the most packed for them, and maybe that's how movie theaters operate in the future. It's like, hey, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday ain't making us a ton of money. We're gonna save money here. Friday, Saturday, Sunday is when we're open. Which is not a bad idea, honestly. Yeah, I prefer them to do like, you know, still be open on those days, but do like a half day, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. Because there's like certain people who like their weekends are literally Monday, Tuesday. Like there's, they would never be able to go yeah. to a theater if like a theater wasn't open on Monday, Tuesday. Okay, so literally just do like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like you're you're closed Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like yeah, you know. have those people like in the middle who can go see it, but then you have I think you you're can gonna... stock up like those weekend releases. Like I think that's something people should legitimately think about is kind of the future. I think it'll be more like there'll be less, far less theaters, but the, those theaters will be bigger and they'll be open twenty four seven basically. Like shit, that'd be insane, man. Yeah, It'd be awesome. I mean, think, think about it. Think about like in our area, if how many like just from here how many theaters do we have within like a five mile radius we have flicks cinemark uh frisco cinemark plano we have studio movie grill stonebriar amc uh there's one up on 380 we have cinemark legacy cinemark central plano yeah we've got a we are we are we are blessed so we probably have like 20 theaters right yeah, but we're so different from the rest of the nation, I think. No, 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 I know what I'm saying. But how many theaters could we have cut down to? Oh, if we just started taking them out? Yeah, yeah, Oh, you could take the one off of 380 out. You could take probably Legacy out. You could probably take... That's why it seems strange to me. I mean, not the one on 380. Like, it, you could kind of say it seems strange to me if they're opening new theaters, but like... Opening one on 380 is a fucking no-brainer, right? The PJ headquarters is going up right there. Like, it's... Everybody's moving we are, up that way. We are far different yeah. from the rest of the country. But my point is, like, a normal Metroplex that isn't developing as quickly as we are could only... Yeah, you like, would not be opening all this shit. You would not have 40 fucking Hell theaters no. in one Metroplex, right? Yeah, like, no. In a town like Oklahoma City, we've talked about this before, they need, like, three theaters, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a population thing. That's a you know desire to move their thing that's a i just don't you're not gonna have like here competitively you're not gonna be able to like shut down your theater for an entire day i don't think once things return to but i i think like you don't have the operating costs those days and so then does that take those costs away i know it's a cost benefit analysis to it where it's like we're actually saving money by not being open these days and then we're killing it on, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe throw in Thursday, like as many hours as we possibly can. I don't think you I don't think you can just because like you're competing in an environment where if you're the only theater that does that, mm-hmm. you just become a deserted theater because like all the other theaters have to do is be open on the days you're not. And you, all your customers, it doesn't matter that like 
you know, they normally would only go on Friday, but because this other theater is doing something that you're not willing to do, they're actually going to be more willing to go to that theater. So I don't think like just. But what if you're, but what if literally they do something where like they know that they can get a ticket at this theater, whereas a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because like the entire theater is this movie that's the biggest movie Mm -hmm. like we have as many times as you need whereas like these other theaters are doing less times than this one is but they're open like wednesdays for fucking do little like they could do some different things to where it's just like we are going to maximize our profits as much as we can so it's like when the new fast and furious movie comes out we just have all fast and furious and like one of another movie because mm-hmm. like legitimately there's a couple of people who are going to go see other movies on like a big blockbuster weekend but for the most part people want to see that type of movie yeah so can you make more probably money that way certain times of the year you probably could but there's no way you can like do that if in game comes out on one weekend and then i think 2021 you can because everything's being pushed to that summer or to that year to where like every weekend you can have just like it's this movie and this movie i don't know but like what i'm saying is like say whatever it is like the say eternals comes out on like the 20th and that's a friday mm-hmm. right like you can't say okay all our theaters are going to be fucking eternals except for one and then the next weekend say I don't know. Um, fuck, a Harry Potter movie comes out, right? Like you can't then switch all your theaters from in-game. You can though, because what they're doing is cutting the VOD down time down to where like. Yeah, but the studios still want their fucking like blockbuster tent poles. But like, it would be like you would have the weekend where it'd be like a whole nother. But movie. They want like six weekends. No, no, I would just wait. So you have. Well, okay, yeah, you're right. So, no, you could just do, like, half and half. You could do something to where it's, like... Yeah, I mean, I think, It's just these two big movies instead of, like, here's eight. It would literally just be, like, two to three movies. There's going to be, like, the majority of the the year where you can be, like, you know... If it's... Basically, if it's not, like, April to July 15th, that, like, fucking, you know, summer movie time frame, any other time of the year, you can be, like, yeah, we have this great big movie coming out all our theaters are going to basically be this movie and it's not there's nothing else coming out for another like two or three weeks so like we're not going to be overlapping so yeah a lot of the year you could probably do that but once you get a time especially next year everything's gonna be so fucking like i just think there's i think there's an avenue where they could go to where it's like we have this one movie that takes up a bunch of screens because legitimately on like a weekend from my experience, I'm not, I don't want to speak for everybody and generalize, but like, it's not like people are going to see other movies on those weekends. Like they go either go to a different theater to see like a, a limited release movie, yeah. or they're just not going to a movie. Like they're gonna wait to see it during the week. Right. So like, there's some th- some things that they can do to kind of maximize their revenue to get to that point. I just don't know if they have the balls or if like the rules are going to kind of let them do that i don't know it'd be quite interesting it's just gonna it's gonna all change man like all this this whole thing everything with theaters is just gonna be Mm. completely different soon and it's gonna start really really soon 
Because the first thing that's going to kick it off is like how well does the New Mutants do that first weekend? It's not going to do well. <laughs> no, but like, let's start to see what the numbers are. Mm-hmm. Let's start to see what the data is back. Which kind of sucks. I didn't realize the kid from uh, Stranger Things is in it. <laughs> oh yeah, the weird looking kid that's dating Natalie Dyer. Yeah. Yeah. Col- I don't know. Cold Colton something. I don't know. I don't remember his name either. All right. Now uh, his boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, AMC is going to add more pri- more pay onto your movie ticket. Uh, if you have kids, I'm sorry. Still don't pay $30 to see Mulan at home, please. For we are running a crusade against Mulan. Yeah, we told the people we, we interviewed today. We can. We kinda... probably need to chill the fuck out, though, because Disney catches one of this. They're like, you know. Dude. <clears throat> yeah, I think it pissed about Mulan. If they get mad about <laughs> us, like, talking crap about this, then they got to get mad about a, with a lot of other people. It's true. Saying a lot of weird stuff about Still, their of all so, the of all the, you know, no, but like, filmmakers we talk about, I would like to see on Disney's good side. So would I. <laughs> but, like, let's be authentic and true and not, like, silence ourselves because the big, like, corporation no, is going to get pissed I, at I'm, us. I'm mostly kidding, Alex. I'm not. I know you're not. <laughs> no, I'm just effing with you. We're, we're joking around. It's just it's interesting to see how much power Disney actually holds to where, like, <laughs> to where Mulan could literally sink our hopes of a podcast. Um, but that's a legitimate, legitimate And I've got worry. doubts about the uh, MCU, too. Like, we saw the latest fucking... Um, yeah, you think Black Widow dude, is going to jump the shark of MCU I'm or fucking something. worried that... It's that, a hot take that I don't I think really, anybody else has said. I am kind of concerned that it's you know i don't i don't quite i don't want to get into this but like yeah it's it's a weird take you have we'll uh we'll get into it like closer to when we actually let's get let's get a release date for the movie right and then we'll do and a the hot, final trailer yes yeah, so we'll do a hot hot take of what black widow's gonna yeah, be yeah but there's the love of god like there's some concerning things no nah, man i okay real fast what's the number one thing that looks concerning to you so it seems to be forcing the like family dynamics right and to me it seems like most most mcu movies you've loved them because like the humor was so subtle and contextual to the story like the humor never drove the story the story drove everything and humor came along with it they found humor along with it i mean the only like challenge to that would be like ant-man there's parts of ant-man that like felt like it's a little different but i would still argue that they didn't like change the formula too much but with this it's like okay this whole like you know family what are you doing family russian like the i don't know it seems it's a weird dynamic for them to try to build in a, a one-off that is obviously going to be like ScarJo's last well, it's, foyer into Because they're Black really Widow. cramming a lot of characters and a lot of shit yeah. going into it. And then like the scenes that... The action scenes are so fucking like hyperbolic. It's like Mission Impossible type fucking stunts and whatnot. Like, you I know, didn't get a Mission Impossible. I got like a Winter Soldier vibe to it that's the vibe Uh, that i got from this movie yeah okay i could see that for sure so like that's why i have hope where i'm not worried about it too much because i think they can do some really cool like winter soldier type things with taskmaster who's the villain in this movie yeah and i know that like 
this is not a spoiler if you haven't seen Endgame yet. I don't know what the hell you're doing, but oh, don't. Black Widow's dead, so she's not coming back because this is a prequel. So this is like her last, you know, Never appearance. Never but, but yeah, and, probably and for ninety nine point nine percent sure, this is her last appearance, and they're setting up Florence Pugh to become Black Widow. And Wait, I, what? Yeah, dude. I fucking love Florence Pugh. Man. Florence Pugh is gonna become Black Widow. That's what they're doing with this movie. They're setting her up to like take the mantle of Black Widow. Oh, uh, never MCU. mind. I'm cool with it. Exactly. <laughs> so like, that's what's awesome about this movie is like they're they're setting up the future while honoring the past of what's happened. Yeah. Throughout the MCU, and I think that's what they're doing really well. And they're bringing in people like David Harbour, who's hilarious. It's fucking awesome. They're bringing in uh, Rachel Weisz, mm-hmm. who's gonna play, and I think she turns evil. There's different rumors about what she's gonna really do. And then you're going to have probably like a cameo from Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Um, you're going to have Thunderbolt Ross in it. And then you're going to have, you know, ScarJo just doing her thing as Black Widow and really kind of having like a love letter to this character. And I think Black Widow is going to be a lot better than it looks through the first couple trailers. Right. And honestly, I think the thing that's going to like save it even more <laughs> is we're going to be so starved for MCU Fuck, stuff man. by that point that we're just going to be like, give us anything. Dude, depending on when so, it actually comes out, it could be like almost two years in between MCU If they movies. have to push it to like March or May of next year. Yeah. Yeah. No, if they if they have to do that, then yeah. To like Because it was salvage. July 28, 2019. It was the last time we saw it. Yeah, because it was, it was far from home. Yeah. So, no, it's just kind of shitty right now with... Yeah, I mean, stuff. we'll see. I, I I must have been just in a feisty mood. No, there are be. some parts of the trailers that have not looked great, but I think when you think about like, and if I rewatched building, it, I could go into more detail. But like that was last Friday, so yeah. But we'll see. That is hopefully coming out. Have they? Do they have a release date? Is that October? Your look. I don't know. We're doing this live. I'm There's, the color commentator. You have all the details. There, this is a live <laughs> lookup of when black widow comes out because i definitely do not remember i think, I think it was october i could have sworn it was october. i feel like it would be memorable if they actually had made an announcement november 6th yeah so it took oh, okay. it took the eternals so okay. november I, I i think that's still safe i hope dear god <laughs> like maybe well, that's that's under three months is that before or after the election? That's after. Like, That's we, four days after. Are we still going to have a country? I don't know. That's going to be a wild time, actually. Yeah, because we won't. We might not have the results yet. Oh, we better. We fucking better. All right, what else we... Uh, what else We're we going to do two reviews, Ryan, of one Apple TV Plus documentary called Boy State and the other... Of a Johnny Depp starring movie called Waiting for the Barbarians. You yep. can get it on Amazon. We're going to start with Boy State because it's Texas. And Texas is king. Texas forever. Ryan, do you remember what this movie was about? Yeah, yeah. All right, then give us a synopsis. Okay. Uh, so. We'll check out for a couple minutes. What happens here is um, every year in Texas, the there's an organization of... Um, veterans of the military who put on a week-long camp for uh high school boys and um these these kids apply to be part of what's called boys state and they are chosen through a series of uh, interviews and applications 
to go to Boy State. And Boy State is essentially the um, state electoral process boiled down into one week. So they go through their um, nominations and then the general elections for all state offices. So the governor, the, I don't even know what we could really call the assistant governor. Uh, lieutenant governor? Lieutenant governor. Uh, I know my speaker, state all the different, uh, you know, electable positions. Um, they go through a nomination. There's two parties that the, all the kids get separated into. And it is just a whirlwind of these kids trying to get elected and fighting against each other. And doing and some fucked up stuff. A lot man. of fucked up shit. My a lot of crazy God. shit. There's also a talent show that's involved that is fucking hilarious. That is the most underrated part of this entire movie. Seriously, can it we do spoilers hilarious. on this? Uh, no, because this will come out on a Thursday, so the day before the movie. Okay. Yeah, so let's not do spoilers. Try okay. to veil it as much as you can. Well, the t- watch out for the talent show. The talent show is quite the cha- talent show is hilarious. There's one uh, young kid who did not know how to read a room. And Hold on. Hold on. We're going to go silent. Come back in five seconds. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I remember the part he's talking about now. It is hilarious. It's quite funny. <laughs> um, but anyways, it's a super interesting look, not only on... The political process is a very good educational piece on how the democratic um, election process works. But it's also an amazing insight to kind of the, I don't even know, the psyche of the modern day high school male, right? Yeah. And how they interact with each other, what their goals are, how they see the world, and how they see themselves in that world. Um, you know, it's very interesting that some of these kids were very, very sincere in how they approached this. They took it very seriously, worked really hard at it, and um, did it authentically. There are other kids who couldn't give two shits about it, were just there to have fun, basically. And, and they were, like, a making lot of... legislation about, like, pineapple pizza is right. outlawed in their government. And then there's a lot of kids that were somewhere in the middle, right? There was one kid in particular who... Uh, I guess this would kind of be a spoiler, but he kind of played a part. The the mm. positions he took in order to try and get elected were not ones he personally held, and so it's interesting that a lot of the you know um, kids that were running for positions they sincerely believed in the positions they were arguing for, and then there was this other one who didn't kind of read the room and saw like he knew exactly he, what this was and was like yeah, i don't to agree it with it but like i know like you idiots are going to agree with me and like follow me if i just exactly. say all if i say this specifically right and you know it's super interesting because that's exactly what a, pol- a politician would do yes that's exactly literally if he can he's thinking exactly like a career politician if he finds a huge block of people who all agree on like one common denominator basically yeah you're gonna say that thing and just kind of run with it no matter what you honestly believe and so i don't know if i would ever do something like that but like i i don't know if i fault people for like saying oh this is what's going to help me win and be successful right versus like your own virtues and i think for me like 
I feel like I wouldn't do that just because it's like against my own morality and like I wouldn't want to actually implement things on people's lives if I don't really believe that's what should happen. Yeah. I mean, Whereas, it's, I like, guess it's like the degree to which the position you're um, arguing for, how diverse that is from your like how far it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, it's very situational, but I, I agree with you. No, it's a super hard thing to have to think about. Like, what do oh. you think about the entire process of just how, like, you know, it seems like this crazy, like, is this something you would have done back in high school? And like, Hell no, dude. Like, it seems so strange to me that there are kids that... Well, okay, this is not something a kid is, like, saying, like, oh, I want, well, okay, other than, like, the handful of kids that they, like, chronicled. There were a lot. Which I'm, like, I mean, trying to pull up their names on email, but my computer's being really dumb right now. You're probably going to hear red jumpsuit apparatus here in a minute. Um, But, like, those kids knew about it and knew it was a great opportunity for what they wanted to do. So, like, when your computer's crashing, you have, like, 20,000 tabs open. Yeah, okay, well, just let me make my point. Okay. Um, They go there knowing, like, how well it could actually help them, whereas, like, other kids get sent there because their parents are like, this will help your, you know, GPA. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really help them because they don't give a shit. So their grades are going to like suffer and they're going to go to like some state college. Whereas these other kids are like, I know this is going to really help me and I want to go to UT or AM. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm doing this. So those kids take it way more seriously. And I would never have taken this seriously i would never have like wanted to do something like this how about the process like how much of the process of our state government was new to you in viewing this probably none i mean okay i mean i knew i mean i kind of know how our you know legislation works how like the elections but it's were... pretty interesting to see like... no it's really interesting I, I okay are you asking how much i knew like the machinations of these people like doing dirty shit behind the scenes or like just like how bills are passed oh no no, no. i mean like the uh the structure of like which positions uh go through elections and how um the yeah like the basic stratagem behind how these oh. That part of it, none. I have never... You always see it in, like, movies and TV shows of, like, this is what you think is, like, happening or, like, this is how it's portrayed. And then, like, actually seeing it is, like, holy shit. Like, this is probably actually what people do because mm-hmm. they think this is how you're supposed to do it. I thought I found it really interesting where there were particular conversations that, like, the... Um, I guess, who was, like, running the campaign? Was they called the chief of staff? Um, right, no, 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 no. It was the campaign. State, it was the state party chairman. State party chairman, right? The like minute strategies they came up with, like these very like targeted strategies. It's always like stuff you would sit around the water cooler and talk about, like, oh, you know, Biden's never gonna select Elizabeth Warren because of the whole Pocahontas thing, right? Like, yeah, you, we talk about that in normal conversation. But I never thought about it like the people running campaigns are having the exact same conversations. And those things 100% do matter. Like the smallest things that happen or smallest details that like we wouldn't catch and we wouldn't think would actually sway um, an election one way or the other. Like these 
advisors and campaign staffers are like dialed into it and they know how to like move a room and steer the message it's it was that part of it and to see like high school students be so proficient at it at least which is why it's partly a, proficient at it which is amazing which was why another documentary that we did an interview today about is super interesting like feel good feels good man yeah chronicles pepe the frog we if you if you listen to this you almost certainly know who pepe the frog is but just seeing how they they took this like trump's campaign took this and kind of just ran with it and knew the power of it like they mm-hmm. understand what this can mean to certain people and understand how to like utilize that message yeah and so but th- this 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 documentary follows four subjects really and they are Stephen Garza, Robert McDougal, Ben Feinstein, and Renee Otero. Um, they're all Texans. They're all, uh, I think two of them are at UT now. Renee, I know Stephen is at UT. I think McDougal is at home right now. And Feinstein is here in Dallas at SMU. Yeah. So like, these are super smart kids. Oh. And they fucking, they took this stuff seriously and the breakout star of it is Mr. Garza. Is definitely Steven Garza. And we're not even saying that because he just followed us on Twitter. But he's a good... He he, he runs this campaign to be nominated as the party uh, nomination for governor. And he just runs a really solid, you know, passionate, true type of campaign... And connects with these people and it's it's a message that i think needs to be sent out to america that like if you are true to who you are and just honest with people that can work like people there are a lot of people who really do appreciate that and so you can garner a a following that way yeah that's a huge message that needs to be sent out yeah his arc across the documentary was really cool because i mean after like 20 to 30 minutes like you're not really sure how the whole process is going to go for him and then he just kind of comes alive in one scene oh dude and his yeah. fucking is all just fucking rocket propellant from there he, ro- he literally if you're a football fan it's the equivalent of like you hear a football coach like giving you a pep talk and you just want to run through a wall yeah no, it's this nuts. it's the equivalent of like you're behind and if the motor the momentum's going against you in a football game, and then, like, your free safety knocks some dude fucking unconscious. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then you run through a brick wall. Yeah. 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 It's an awesome movie. Um, it's very good. We really enjoyed talking to Amanda and Jesse, the directors of the movie. They premiered this at Sundance, which they are... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Sundance. They won Grand Jury at Sundance. Yeah, okay. Um, it's an amazing documentary. Apple TV Plus has another great one on their hands. Um, I haven't seen a lot of advertising for it, which I've been kind of surprised by. Apple TV Plus has uh, not really advertised too much. They did some Greyhound advertising. They did, yeah. But I guess, um, but like that's my point is like they no spent... in the neighborhood of like Netflix or anyone else. Yeah. No, but like like Apple TV Plus did a lot for Greyhound and they paid a lot for it, so like it made sense that they would. And they did really advertise well with it. it. Yeah, and it's, so it's it's in it's interesting that they're not 
doing as much advertising and it's not like we're not watching the nba you know round robin games or the nhl playoffs right now like we've been watching a lot of that and there's been no advertising on there for it so it's interesting that they haven't really hyped it up a ton so we'll see how it does um on apple tv plus if you want to check it out it comes out friday we highly recommend it it was great i can't say enough about it thank you to apple tv plus for setting up that interview and letting us watch it early uh, go check that out uh well, ryan what would you give it a max jendo head rating um i don't know <clears throat> 4.5 okay i'm gonna flip you on our on another score okay I'm do a 4.25 okay i really enjoyed this i thought it's very well shot they did some cool things with like setting up a room where like the kids felt that they could really talk to them and, mm-hmm. and you know kind of divulge the different things that had happened throughout the day so they did some really cool things um and it's cool that it's here in texas and the opening scene is in denton texas yes which is super dope so. and i think this is a really cool uh documentary to have in this moment because it, you know with all the shitty things going on in the world right now, mm-hmm. this is actually like a pretty kind of. It kind of gives you some hope for the future because you know to see that there are kids out there and and students that take politics and take the issues that challenge us today really seriously and like, you know, not only have lived through them but are passionate about making a change in the world so others don't have to live through the same experiences yeah this is the kind of thing we need moving forward and that part of it it was awesome no it's it's just a i was gonna say it's a fun ride it's it's an interesting ride of a documentary and i can't imagine walking around a bunch of teenage boys in the texas heat so screw that yeah i feel bad for them camp this cameraman christ so um and they followed them through like all of texas to like the different meetings and stuff to pre- this is in Austin, Texas, in like August, like I mean, only July, late July, early August. No, I, I, I would die. Oh my god, that'd be awful. So no, it's a great documentary. Go check it out. Um, we'll put the link below on the YouTube video. Um, but yeah, yep. What next? Waiting for, for the barbarians. Yeah. So okay. We really didn't talk much about this afterwards, right? You have a hot take from what you were saying. Okay, so I want to know if you picked up on this. I'm gonna try. I'm trying to put this thought into words. I'm not sure how this is gonna go because it's it's a little complicated. But this movie was. I'll give the premise first, and then I'll like go with you know your theory, my theory behind it. Yeah, the synopsis is. There is a nameless empire. This is probably set somewhere in the 1800s, probably mid to late 1800s. Um, the setting is actually in a Middle Eastern country. It seemed to me like this country might have been Russia or one of the um, like you know Soviet like satellite states, one of those empires in the 1800s that are like in that Eastern European region because it looked like the region they were in was like slightly the Caucasus region or uh, like Western Mongolia. Okay. But anyways, there's the setting is out on this, on the, what they call the frontier at a fort. 
and the main character is the magistrate of that fort, which is basically the leader of the fort. It's the designated leader of the Empire for the fort. Who is the dad from Dunkirk? Yes, who is a phenomenal actor. Um, then Johnny Duck comes in. He is actually an inspector with the state security apparatus. Um, and he is there to investigate kind of rumors of barbarians encroaching on their territory, maybe preparing for attack. Very slow, winding movie, but eventually the magistrate is disgraced. He is accused of um, treason by uh, helping the enemy, who are the barbarians. Um, He is actually, like made homeless and like a fucking peasant in the fort as Johnny Depp and Robert Pattinson are running it. And Johnny Depp has a new invention called sunglasses. Yeah, sunglasses are a new thing, They're apparently. They're creepy as hell. They're cool. I liked him. I, oh my god, that They're was the scariest part of the whole movie. But eventually, um, it comes to the point where uh, Johnny Depp take, had taken groups out into the desert. They were kind of like scrimmaging with these barbarians um, Johnny Depp books it, leaves Robert Pattinson in charge. He quickly realizes that the barbarians are going to storm the fucking thing. Uh, he jets. His soldiers like ransack the place on their way out. The villagers are very not happy about this. Then towards the end of As the movie, as any normal person would. Right. Then towards the end of the movie, Johnny Depp finally shows up. He is fleeing the barbarians. He stops at the fort, not knowing that it had been abandoned, trying to get new horses and supplies. And the the main character, the magistrate, goes up to the carriage and just sees a broken Johnny Depp. And the only way you had known this character up to that point was this like strong, fucking powerful character. Scary, creepy. It's very dude. scary, creepy. Jesus. There's like a torture scene where he kills someone. Very like menacing character and at the end of it he's broken and he flees the fort as the villagers are chasing them down trying to kill him and you feel fucking just great when you see that scene yes my god now is there anything throughout history that this could have been an allegory for i mean there's a lot so just tell me okay so this is my theory right this movie is basically a nameless depiction and a like nameless construction of colonialism colonialism right so this is basically the concept of colonialism and the history of colonialism wrapped up into an hour and a half movie right like yeah for sure exactly like that's all this is and it's so that's why like i actually really really love this movie because it in such a finite way and in such a like condensed way showed all the beats of how colonialism went from the strongest point and the most vicious point all the way to its weakest point and eventually its eradication right yeah because for the most part colonialism ended when there was some sort of revolution and the natives took back control of their own you know sovereignty basically and the different characters in this movie represented it represented the different aspects of colonialism you had the magistrate who was basically the ambivalent you know citizen of a 
uh, empire, right? Hmm. This is someone who has no connection to the royal family or whoever is running the empire. They are at the bidding of the empire. If it was up to them, they wouldn't be subjugating these citizens. They actually are friendly with the citizens, yeah. right? I mean, you had... But I won't get into it. So you had that. And then you had Johnny Depp's character, who is basically the you know personification of the military strength of the empire. Yeah. This is what allows an empire to subjugate an entire continent, right? The only reason that uh, Britain subjugated India was because their military was able to forcibly control that region. Johnny Depp was the personification of that military strength, and he did it brutally. He killed a bunch of people, tortured a bunch of people, you know, raided a bunch of people. All the bad shit you could do back then, he basically did, right? And then you have the barbarians who are, you know, the other side of the empire, right? They are, they are the subjugated. Yeah. And there's a great line in the movie where, um, I don't know if it's Johnny Depp or Robert Pattinson, but one of them said, like, these people don't act like we'll always be here. Don't they realize, like, this is ours now, we'll always be here? And the magistrate... It's neither of them. It's, it's the magistrate's eating with, like, another general of, like, the bigger army, and he says that, and he's like, wait, I thought we were going to leave at some point. No, no, no. He, what he says is, he just goes, are you sure about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So, like, you have... It, it's it's done so well because like they don't give names to any of the characters and they don't like div- they don't say which country the empire is they don't even use a real flag they have like a fictional flag yeah. that they fly so it's kind of like a master class and a master education in the arc that was colonialism and doing it in such a like defined in direct way yeah i thought that's you know what the movie's trying to do and i thought you know they executed on that really really well it's interesting that you bring that up because it almost feels like exactly like what's happening today where we in our societies don't really care about immigrants who come in don't really care about these people coming in because they're coming in and working hard and we have no beef with them yeah and then there's these people kind of above us or people in power who are saying or just like if there's another part of the population who says like these people are dangerous they're doing crazy shit and it's like no like these people we know are fine are there one or two bad characters yeah but like the majority are good and they're like no like they're really bad and they start they start instigating shit with those people mm-hmm. which pisses them off which then like leads them to do fucked up st- stuff which is what you see at the end of this movie which is a spoiler you see this horde you know riding in yeah the last scene on of the, movie. the city and yeah. it's almost this idea of like these people were cool just doing their own thing and you saw one or two cases and flipped out and attacked them and it's like the more you attack these people sooner or later man they're gonna freaking come back at you right and that's the same for for illegal immigrants here and people you know who are have been citizens in america who have been treated horribly Mm -hmm. and you mess with them so long it's like dude stop at some point it's like we're gonna come back at you even though we haven't done anything like you think we're doing something 
right and that it creates that that trouble that chaos and it's a great point because i think like in a hundred years or 150 years from now right like they did this movie what 150 some odd years you do, you can't really pinpoint exactly when the time frame was no, but it's supposed to let's be say like, 150 years yeah you could probably make a very similar movie 150 years from now when hopefully the western world has gotten past this horrible part of our history where our immigration system is completely unjust like and america has america has like the worst one in the world probably but like europe's fucking immigration policy like most immigration policies aren't ideal right so i think at a certain point hopefully like hopefully things get better over the next 150 years we get to the point where we have a fair immigration system and having someone in the workplace from another country is just as common as having, you know, uh, someone of a different race, right? Like that, it should be normalized and it should be, uh, in, in 150 years, they can make a movie where, you know, the magistrate is an immigration officer. The um, barbarians are illegal immigrants. The Johnny Depp character is like, I don't fucking know, like Donald Trump. But, you know. <laughs> and the, some, you, people, you, some people could get really pissed off that we're, prepare, we're comparing, like, illegal immigrants to a, a depiction of, like, a barbarian. We're not saying illegal immigrants are barbarians. We're quite saying, literally saying the opposite. Like, that's not what we're saying at all. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, some people like would just hear like oh they're comparing this to this and it's like that's not we're not comparing anyone to the barbarians we're comparing the relationship between an empire and barbarians to the relationship between a you know fairly tyrannical immigration system and immigrants and people who want to come here and work their asses off and should be allowed to be here yeah so i I want to clarify that i know i don't want any one person just freaking out on that because that's some bullshit, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not here for bullshit. So I think if you watch this movie and you just, like, take it at face value and just kind of, like, don't see the deeper meaning. I, I don't know if this is what the filmmakers intended to oh, do with the movie. Oh, it was for but sure. It's, it, it's very much right, like, meant to do something like this. If you don't – if you're not cool with that message, if, you know – if you hear what we have to say about illegal immigrants and you're not cool with that and you're not cool with the message of this movie, you might not like this movie. And if, you, if you're not cool with this message, you're not going to last through the entire movie. And it's if a you're very not, slow movie. If you're not into movies that have a far deeper message and what's being depicted visually, you're not going to be into this movie. But not, if not you really all. enjoy like taking a deep dive into a movie and, and realizing that the characters seen on screen are like the manifestation of something so much larger than just you know what they're showing you it's it's a fucking cool movie to see no it's a really really interesting movie i i will say it's slow that that does take away a little bit from it but the overall it's a really really well told movie and a well acted movie and and the settings are like actually yeah the, the sets are really really cool yeah, so they it's had some a well awesome done landscape shots at uh, dusk that were super cool. Yeah, what would you give this 
a max gendo head rating, Ryan? I think a uh, 3.75. Okay, I was going to go 3.5. Okay. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I really enjoyed it. Go check it out on Amazon. On the Zon. On the Zon. Is that a thing? Is that a saying? It should anyone? be. It sounds like what they would do in a 90s commercial for Amazon. It would. But that is another episode. It's a doozy. That, that I feel was like we've been recording for like two hours. We have. It's been 55 minutes, Ryan. Holy Jesus. We haven't stopped. So that's a good one for us. Yeah. But this has been a really fun one. We've enjoyed talking with my brother. And my brother. We Ow. Jesus, man. We opened a frick ton of Pokemon cards today. Yeah, dude. And then tomorrow I'm going to get up and go rent a car and drive to Denver on my way to Bend, Oregon. I will be home alone for the next six days. I'm sorry. You could have gone. Not really. Not really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this has been a fun episode. It's going to be the next couple days are going to be really, really fun. Um, check out our Instagram. And at- next episode will be a zoom edition it will be it'll be tuesday's episode i'm gonna have to take a mic with me which i keep having to remember yeah don't forget that throw that in my suitcase um but check out all of our instagram stories at furloughed film talks we're gonna have like daily updates of us driving to denver dakota and i our new correspondent um and then our youtube there might be some videos up there as well that is furloughed film talks on youtube and check out all of our episodes on furloughedfilmtalks.net. Subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We're definitely there available. And maybe a new one in the future. We'll see. But thank you guys for listening. You guys are the best. And we will see you on Tuesday. Adios, amigos. Adios.